0: The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereous Podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body Mind Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network and Oneness Talk Radio. So we're in our new format, our 15-minute format, but please do know that you can look at the one-hour shows we did in 2021 and Darren Ball, our producer, who always joins me uh, with questions and comments from you, will explain how you can do that. But today we're going to get into uh, something I actually love. It's a statement that uh, Dr. King has made more than once, And each week, we want to give you a takeaway, something you can apply, something you can think about, something you can use in your life. So this one by Mars Sector 6 in the Nine Freedoms uh, is actually going to be a commentary that Dr. King made about it. So sometimes we'll play Mars Sector 6, and sometimes we'll play Dr. King commenting on the Nine Freedoms. This one's taken from a comment he made about the seventh freedom in Detroit, Uh, 60 years ago, in 1962, the seventh freedom being interplanetary existence. But actually, that's not particularly relevant to this comment. Uh, This comment isn't actually about that. It's one he's made in other lectures. But here, I think it's put very concisely, very simply. And he tells us in his usual no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point manner exactly why We are here on Earth. So let's get straight to the extract and listen to Dr. King giving the answer to the question, why are we here on Earth? You ask, why am I, William Smith, here? And the answer is given in one sentence. You are here to learn control of the Kundalini force. That's it, and that's the sentence, William Smith wherever you are, that is the reason you're on earth. There isn't two reasons, that's the only one. Because everything else is in that framework. We are here to learn control of the kundalini force. What on earth does that mean? Some people may never have heard of kundalini. Uh, and it needs to be explained. And, of course, Dr. King's saying that there isn't two reasons, there's only one, and here's a key point, because everything else is in that framework. So the first thing is to say that you don't need to know about Kundalini to learn to control it. That may sound very strange, but people have demonstrated their control over Kundalini through the centuries in some cases, without of ever having heard of the word or even the exact concept. Uh, they've still done it. They've done it through another route. Uh, if you do, though, know about Kundalini and what it is exactly, you're fortunate and you're able to be more consciously aware of the exact process at work. Uh, there are millions in the process, though, of doing this i.e. controlling kundalini, which is why we're here, without ever having heard that word. So that's an important thing to bear in mind. Now bear in mind that for centuries, this was regarded as secret knowledge. It was unknown in the West. It would be possible to attain a state of high enlightenment even without it, knowing about, without knowing, I should say, about kundalini. You'd be aware of its effects. You might feel its great heat its movement at the base of the spine. You might in one way or another experience the opening of the chakras or psychic centers or the whirling energies within the nadis, which is the psychic channels within our aura, without ever heard, having heard of nardis or even knowing exactly what an aura is. You could still have these experiences, but you wouldn't necessarily know and be aware of what exactly is taking place Uh, you might interpret it in a very different way, as some of the mystic saints and others through history did, unless you've been taught that these were the direct result of learning to control the Kundalini. Now, of course, there would come a stage even then, and I would say at a very high level, when you would know about it. But that could have been at one time at quite a late stage uh, in your development. And let me give an example of that. A Wordsworth's poem written at Tinton Abbey described as, describes a state of consciousness induced by the rise of Kundalini, even though in 18th century England he'd have had no access to that kind of knowledge. And let me read from it and you'll see, I think, what I mean. And this is now a quote. The breath of this corporeal frame and even the motion of our human blood Almost suspended, we are laid asleep in body and become a living soul while with an eye made quiet by the power of harmony and the deep power of joy, we see into the life of things. That's absolutely a kundalini-driven, high, elevated experience showing that Wordsworth, without having been taught these things in that life anyway understood the awakening of his third eye or Christ sent. He doesn't talk about eyes. He talks about an eye made quiet. That's a very interesting statement. Uh, Dr. King told a good friend of mine, the late Alan Mosley, by the way, and he was a bishop in the Etherist churches, and I believe he still is, but not on this realm. But if you do know about kundalini, you'll have a much more complete understanding of the process which is taking place as we evolve So nowadays, it's a fairly well-known word. And let me say right away, you don't need to practice kundalini yoga or anything called kundalini yoga to raise the kundalini. In fact, I'd advise you not to attempt to practice kundalini yoga uh, if you really did know the exercises. And and there's so much taught now, and some of it is wrong, and it won't really work, and so you'll be quite safe because it doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> it won't be very useful to you. But if it really did, it could be quite dangerous to your health and mental well-being. We're not uh, advising that at all, but I can tell you uh, with tremendous confidence that, and experience, to some degree anyway, that the exercises contained in the book I was honoured to co-author, and I don't say this because I co-authored it, because it's not my book. It's the main author's book. That's Dr. George King. Realise your inner potential. Those exercises and the exercise called the, or the practice called the 12 blessings, those two things are all you need in terms of spiritual practices to learn to control the Kundalini force. That's my opinion. It's only my opinion, but it's a considered one made over 50 years, by the way. I'd add one proviso that you would also need to give service as well. It wouldn't be enough just to do spiritual practices you would have to be giving practical uh, and sometimes material service in one way or another to a cause of your choosing. And the higher the cause, the more effective the cause, the greater the karmic manipulation, and therefore the greater control you will start to gain over Kundalini because it will rise more, uh, because you will deserve it to rise more. And you'll be drawing higher energies to you because your service is that much higher. Now, we have to remember that Kundalini activates our psychic centers to differing degrees, depending how advanced we are. A rise of consciousness comes about only when there is a rise in Kundalini. And just to explain it again, in in old writings, you'll see Kundalini depicted as a half or three and a half, I should say, coiled serpent. But in actual fact, it's an energy. It's a female force. And it's interesting that it's a female force. I think significant that we live on a female planet, the Mother Earth. It's associated with the element of fire. Now, one could go on at some length about it, uh, but... To reach the higher stages of meditational samadhi, extreme self-discipline would be necessary requiring detachment from all materialistic desire, uh, complete celibacy, and so on. But there are things we can do uh, that will really make it an active thing, and I'm going to just name some of them. Prayer, mantra, breathing exercises, service, I've mentioned before, which is an expression of love. They'll redirect the flow of the universal life forces through the nadis, through the psychic channels upwards in a positive, balanced way and cause a natural, unforced rise of kundalini as and when we're ready to have that. And there are other things we will need to do at some stage, which will include concentration, vital, contemplation, positive visualization, and then practical things such as a balanced diet, Sufficient exercise, some relaxation. But overall, there—that that is enough. It's not something that is unattainable to us. Uh, we, could, we can do these things. Um, so that's a truth. It's a very important truth. Uh, it, it's the one reason we're here on earth. And you could listen to a quiz show and there would be many true answers given during it, but most of them don't really matter. It really doesn't matter if a particular battle was fought in one year or another or whether you know, know the name of the longest river in China. But it does matter that you can manipulate karma through service to others and that one day we'll go through an initiation called ascension. So even listening to the Spiritual Freedom Show, especially if you really take on board and contemplate on this knowledge we're privileged to share with you, will help you to raise and control to some degree Kundalini. And that, as Dr. King put it, is the only reason we're on Earth at all. Darren, welcome into the show.
1: Thanks very much, Richard. You know, my first thought listening to the spiritual wisdom and knowledge that we have from Master Sector 6 and Dr. King is that um, it's difficult to imagine a world without it. But, you know, um, 100 years ago, you would have to probably really prove yourself to a master to get even a fraction of this. So we are privileged. Very indeed. true. Thank you, Richard. You know, Hi to everybody listening to the Spiritual Freedom Show. Uh, As I said last time, we're here on a mission to help you to discover the wisdom of the Nine Freedoms, wisdom that you can apply in everyday life in your quest to change the world and open the door of enlightenment. Nine Freedoms is a series of profound spiritual teachings from another planet. They were given to Earth by a being known as Mars Sector 6 in 1961 through the mediumship of Master of Yoga, Dr. George King, the founder of the Ethereum Society. You can find out more information at org. that's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org, and also more information about Richard at richardlawrence.co.uk. I'd like to invite you, of course, also to check out our past episodes and a whole variety of amazing spiritual topics, too. Now, if you haven't written to the show before, do drop us a line at spiritual freedom at richardlawrence.co.uk with any questions, comments, or even spiritual experiences that you'd like to share, and I do try to share as many of them as I can with Richard on the air. This week, Richard, we have a question about karma. And... Uh, this person says, well, it's interesting, I think, because we touched on this briefly in a, a conversation earlier um, in, a, in a previous episode, and I was interested to see it come up again. And they say, I'm a beginner at this. And when I practice the blessings, they're referring to the 12 blessings there, things seem to go wrong family-wise, which takes my time and effort and creates fear. Is this a coincidence? Um well, that's a,
0: that, that's probably a vast question, which we haven't really got time to go into. Um, it could be a perception. It depends on the sort of conditions in which the person is doing it. I mean, maybe the energies are bringing something out and it's even possible that they need to be brought out. Um, but certainly sometimes when you're doing spiritual work of all kinds, you will meet obstacles. You will meet tests. Uh, that's part of the nature of the path. Uh, and it's and it's one thing the nine freedoms will help to steer us through especially that first freedom of bravery but all of the freedoms will help to steer us through these tests and uh, it can be a short term reaction because also the opposite can definitely happen and I can vouch for this that you can be doing a practice like that and you'll find much warmer reactions more friendly reactions uh, from those people around you because they can subconsciously at least detect the energy which
1: is flowing into their lives yeah i think absolutely i think it's very good to remember the the, the positive side of all of this as well um and the amazing difference that you can start to have not only on yourself but also on the people around you when you start to radiate this energy um to them and as the master i think says everywhere that you go um in some ways like a, like a, like the sun does um helping to inspire uplift and even heal people Absolutely. What a great note to
0: end on. So let's just close with our motto, uh, actually the motto of the Aetherius Society. Service is the jewel in the rock of attainment.